I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We've been recording remotely and I've been having palavers with my neighbours who decide to do building work exactly when I decide to record every week. I've given them so, so many friendly notices and they'll, they'll start like hammering really quietly or just bring out a power tool. So last week we were recording... And I had to, I was so angry. I had to literally just leave the podcast and go and bang on the window. And the neighbors weren't there. One builder was there and he said, he's not going to stop building. I was like, dude. And then he didn't take me seriously because everyone thinks I'm about 15. No one thinks I'm a 24 year old person. So my mom now comes out and she's been ready. All the anger inside her for the past three months has been brewing. She said, I'm going to call the police. End end this thing now. And not the police. (laughs) Guys, I haven't heard from the neighbors since. The potential relationship that we could have had has just ended. It's gone. She said, the, what it's was, finished. The popo, like, Rob, t- she took it to the extreme, but anyway, let's get started. <laughs> Welcome to That Would Bang podcast, a podcast where film and TV reviews meet fan fiction. I'm your co host, Adesi. And I'm your co host, Patricia. And we hope you enjoy the show. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just a quick note, there might be a few spoilers in this episode, so beware. Otherwise, kick back, relax and enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to That With Bang podcast, a podcast where film and TV reviews meet fan fiction. My name's Adesi and I'm Patricia. And this week we're joined by Faye OJ, a software engineer by day and presenter by night. You may know her from her smash knit. Smashing it. A software engineer by day and presenter by night. You may know her from her smash hit podcast, The Motion, a modern day debate podcast with topics ranging from music to politics. Her podcast is sure to get your emotions in motion. Motion. (laughs) So on that note, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Like... It's not a um, surprise. You guys know how much I love this podcast. I was telling them before how I watch it literally the minute it's posted. So I thought I was aiming for season three. The fact that like I was season two guest is like, it's blowing my mind <laughs> to be completely honest. It's blowing my mind. Happy to be here. Um. Anyway, guys, so as we get started, what have you guys been watching this week? Do you want to go first, Ife? Uh, sure. I've been watching like Snowfall season two. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like, binge, binge, binge watching that. Um, I'm just going to give a special mention, because I haven't watched it this week, but to the BET Presents The Uncle, which is basically all the, like, people that failed girl bands, like, in the past, like, 3LW, um, like, Black, like, um, Cherish. Basically, they're, like, all in a house together and trying to form a supergroup. It's it's really chaotic from episode one. Has this but... got Keely Williams in it? It does. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm getting sick and tired of your broken promises, promises. <laughs> Oh, we love it. We love it. <laughs> How? Where are you watching that, by the way? Um. Okay. I don't know don't if wa- I'm allowed to say. Uh, could be Mr. World Premier. Could not be at the same time. Um. Just out of curiosity, <laughs> do you watch all the Housewives? Like, is I watched. I started with Atlanta, and I've done a bit of Potomac, and like on Beverly Hills. I will say, Beverly Hills. I'm currently season seven. It has is yet to disappoint. I'm a very heavy rower stab, but I will say Beverly Hills is, is coming close. From what I've seen so far, it's definitely coming close. So who's your favourite um, housewife then? O- across all the board? Across the board. The whole board. The, the whole, whole board. board. I, I have to stick with Nene. I just feel like there's no housewives without Nene. Nene. Um, she's given us the iconic lines. She's given us the iconic... Like, I literally live my life quoting Nene. Like, that's, <laughs> like that is my vocabulary. Like, that is it. Um, Portia was coming close. Uh, pre this little hiccup, hiccup. Um, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. 
But I think I think she'll come back. I think she's a bit lost, but I think she'll come back. She's grown a lot. Like she went from being literally like a submissive housewife, had no control over her home, to like breaking free, breaking a little bit too free. So I think I think she'll find her balance soon. What about you, Desi? What have you been watching this week? Um, what have I been oh, do you know what guys? I've actually been struggling to get things in like watching wise. Um, because just work has been it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But um, I tried to watch a show on, no, it's a film on BBC called Together. And it's basically like one of those lockdown films of life in lockdown starting from March 2020 about a couple who are isolating together. And I, I got maybe about nine minutes in and I was like, I can't. I can't do this. And the reason just is... Nine it's just yeah. Sorry. You know me. Like, for me, if I'm not committed, I'm not committed. I feel like you people that you watch a whole season or something before you say you don't like it. Nah, mate. Of if course. episode one or max episode two doesn't bang, I'm not coming back. Like, it's the Got end. to see it through, my boy. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Through. I can't do that. So, um, <laughs> I got nine minutes in and it just basically reminded me of, like, a-level drama or GCSE drama in the sense of not that the acting was bad but just like so the whole thing is kind of shot in like one take and they're just talking and talking and talking and the jokes are just not really landing to me and it's just a bit like oh I feel like that's what I would expect though from a show that's based on lockdown like we haven't even got out of it you're doing you're going too fast to make what is probably to you relatable content but I think we're still in the midst of this pandemic. It's just not going to land yeah, like you want it to land. It it's is. too soon, in my um, opinion. It's too honestly, soon. it's still still so traumatic. <laughs> I don't want to see suffering. that. <laughs> I don't want to see it. It's one of those things that we're meant to escape when we watch TV. I don't want to watch what I've seen at home. So I hear you. I completely agree. But sorry, I just need to talk about Matt Hancock for a second, guys. This is really good <laughs> killing me all of yesterday. I can't breathe. Like, this cannot be real life, guys. We can't, we're living in a simulation. Like, we actually have to be living in a simulation. Because when I saw that picture on my TL, I cried. Like, tears just fell out of my eyes. I said, he's grabbing bum. He's grabbing bum. Barely. Like, barely. First of all, let's start there. (laughs) He did not have any grip. I thought the picture was, um, I thought it was manipulated. I was like, okay, the affair might be real, but there's no way, like, this is a picture. His hand literally looked deformed. Like, it just didn't look like a natural situation you'd be in. But then there's a whole video. So I was literally, like, convinced it was, like... The videos The son just manipulated it and just put him and, like, just yeah. superimposed her in the yeah. position. But... But it's so seedy. Like, the way he came out of the thing, like, peaked back and then he that was... That was like, so icky. It, it was, was icky. disgusting, man. Ugh. And it but just what are you doing like... with him, like Matt Hancock? I don't even think he's human, like. But do okay, okay. <laughs> I do think that when I saw, did you see the pictures of her husband packing her bags? Yeah, that was peak. Someone, someone <sighs> said that um, he sent her packing with the bags for life, the TK Maxx thing, and she was like, "Yeah, she's gone, gone. Like she's out, out." Like, did you see how big the car was? And they didn't even have like the seats <laughs> up, so you know, like it took up the whole truck space. <laughs> But out of everyone oh. in there, Hancock, is that the one that you're going to anyway? That guy's been in a I lot mean, of sticky situations. What's the right choice now. though, Desi? Boris, you got that. I, it's, they're all disgusting. Yeah, they're slim. all jobless. It's slim. And they're running our country. <laughs> you're saying jobless people that have the most powerful jobs in the UK. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke right there. You've hit the punchline, Desi. <laughs> <sighs> It's sad. It's really, really sad. Anyway, I have been watching um, Run. <laughs> what is that? Um, it's a film on Netflix and it's got Sarah Paulson on it. I don't know if you guys saw it on the TL or kind of around this year, but it's about that mum who basically keeps her daughter hostage, but her daughter is like disabled in a wheelchair. But it turns out that she was she was making her daughter disabled. So she was feeding yes. her like, oh, let me not give you any spoilers actually. Um, But she was essentially causing the illness in her daughter to keep yeah. her dependable. It was actually scary guys, I'm not gonna lie. Like it didn't say it was a horror movie, but that was my idea of horror. Like Sarah Paulson, yeah. Sarah Paulson is scary. That's all I can say. It was good though. Odessa, you might not watch it, but if I think you should. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with horror. Like I couldn't even watch Coraline. It's- 
You know Genuinely. what? I hear you. I feel like it, I can watch it now, but late, earlier on, I couldn't watch nah, it. Da da da. Nah, no. it. it's more like a it's, it's like a psychological thriller because it's like it's weird because it's not like paranormal or supernatural <clears throat> but there's moments where it's just like okay like she's trying to like get on the phone her mom's just like in the corridor like in darkness just like watching her God forbid. it's just like tense moments like that like sarah paulson <laughs> sarah paulson yeah <laughs> Odessi looks disgusted right now. It is kind of scary. So I, maybe it's not one for you, but um, I did enjoy watching it. I'm not going to lie. It made me shiver. Um, I do have one more thing I did watch. It is a K-drama. Obviously, you know, I love my K-dramas. This one is called like, well, I only watched episode one, so I can't actually tell you if it's good, but episode one made me laugh. It's called Mad at Each Other or Mad at You or something like that. And it's about two people who are mentally unstable in regards to one man has like, divine like anger issues to the point that he's just mad and then the girl has like severe i say ptsd and she feels like everyone is trying to kill her but they end up like falling in love but they're <laughs> Whoa. It's that sounds so like an interesting premise it it's so like a great flash. it's so mad because she thought they don't they completely clash because like it starts off by her thinking that he's stalking her but he's not stalking her he just has like other issues that have been happening in his life and she oh it's just mad anyway i watched that and i thought it was very funny i watched it on the tube so but don't start with that one start with the k dramas i've already recommended and if you haven't if you're not gonna watch them let's not talk about it i'm, I'm okay what's that one you really always keep talking about it's a one class it's a one class watch that crash landing on you watch that when you when we've done that we can talk as of now we're not we're, we can't Do you know what? this conversation I'm, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt Jesse. i'm gonna watch a k-drama this week i think just for some variety god is good there's i indulge you we love it we love it but <laughs> we should probably start talking about the show um <laughs> that we're supposed to be discussing this week and that is this is us So if anyone who doesn't know what this is us this is us is that's a tongue twister jesus <laughs> it's an american <laughs> it's an american drama series that follows the lives and families of two parents and their three children in several different time frames it's known for being a really emotional show but guys what are your thoughts on this is us what we what we thinking what we feeling this is us is honestly just this is us like <laughs> this is what we are this is who we are it's about it's about people it's about real people it's it's about real emotions i i just Adesi, please take over i need to i need to compose <laughs> that was so again. heartfelt it was very oh cinematic God. i won't deny it you re- <laughs> if everyone can see if there's facial expressions right now <laughs> she's actually feeling it she's got the holy ghost <laughs> She's feeling it. She's seriously feeling it. Oh. Um, um, I love This Is Us. I think it's one of my top TV shows of all time. Um, they tell real story. Well, is it real? No, they depict real emotions and real situations. I wouldn't say the story is necessarily real because only so much can happen to one family. However, the way that they've depicted everything and the way that they make you feel, like I've never had a show make me feel so emotional consistently and I really respect that so that's what I think what about you Patricia yeah I feel like I would definitely agree I will admit though like I had to give it two tries to start because I I did watch it first like first time round and sometimes I did feel like they overdid it like with with the emotions I think everything had to be a really deep moment and I just personally don't believe that life is always gonna have some greater profound meaning. And I think sometimes they really tried hard to do that, but it is a really great show and I really do appreciate it and love it. It makes me cry. It does make me feel really teary and emotional and not a lot of shows will do that, so. You sound emotional as we're speaking, I can't even (laughs) lie. The way you were talking, I was thinking, Ra, do we need tissues right now? (laughs) I I think that's a fair insight. I think that's a fair insight. I think some people, overdo it with the like this is us hate and it's like you clearly just don't want to like the show but i i do hear that i i think sometimes it's not like they over deep things but i think sometimes there are like 
deep emotions in the mundane and just in life in general. But I hear what you're saying about not everything having like a deeper purpose or a deeper connection or a deep connection to your your dad's great granddad's son and your uncle. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like I do hear that. I do. We can't really talk about This Is Us without discussing the central character of the whole show. Everyone, let's talk about Jack. Let's talk about Jack, Jack Pearson. I need all the men to take notes. <laughs> this should be your prototype. Look oh, yeah. at Jack and replicate. <laughs> like, he. I don't know, like, he's just such... I think I appreciate him being such a great family man. Like, everything that he does is driven by love. And I think that's one of the best parts of his character. I think he's just so passionate and so selfless. He definitely had his flaws. Like, he's not perfect. But I think he always saw the greater picture in everything that he did. Not a lot of people can say the same. Sometimes you get really stuck in your head. But he always put his family first kind of thing. And that's what I love about Jack, guys. If so, you're going <laughs> to I feel like you're going to burst into tears at any moment in this episode. <laughs> I'm actually quite shocked because I didn't think it would be me, guys. i think he listens like what you said about him being flawed definitely but he listens like that scene where randall's like if you don't see my color dad you don't see me and he like just took that in and when and then they had the scene where randall's on his back and he's Mm. doing the and he's doing the push-ups and like just how how they just yeah, just how, how they come, they just come with that. And I think Jack sees the bits that, like, regular people would miss. Ah! That's what I mean! It's the little things. It's the little things! Guys, I can't lie, the emotions are being unleashed on this episode. We need to regain composure, guys. We need but, to tie it up. But based on Jack and his character, do you think that the family are too hung up on him in general? Or do you feel like the impact that he made as a person is it's it's a realistic reason that it's a realistic way that they're hung up on him if that makes sense do you remember the scene where it's like miguel or miguel uh is it miguel 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 right have you ever heard miguel before (laughs) (laughs) i've never heard anybody say that i have oh miguel it's like miguel uh it's beth and toby and they're always talk. They're talking about like being the like forgotten ones in the family. And then Toby and Beth start about like and like was Jack even that great? And Miguel's like, no, mm. <laughs> don't don't you dare. <laughs> you better not. And I think despite the fact that he says that, despite like marrying his wife, despite you know mm. it being so many years, and him still actually not being okay with the fact that he's like married to. Um, to, Rebe- to Rebecca and like kind of still struggles with whether Jack would even want that. I just think that like that shows the kind of person Jack was because it's not just like, it's not just your children. It's not just your wife. It's literally like even your Everyone brother around. who you've had like a strange relationship with and you literally said you're dead to me still has that piece of, of you in him. And then even like your best friend, I just feel like that. Nah, I think he really just was the greatest human. So I don't feel like I disagree but it's just interesting like how the, the those memories of Jack play out in their lives cuz i can understand like the i can understand like having Jack in your memories and always everything going back to him but sometimes i want them to look forward rather than back sometimes but i don't know don't you think they move forward from looking back i think what this is us is about is about a family processing their emotions and them going through their journey of doing that and you can see the growth in the characters from season one when they were all chaotic yeah, and destructive <laughs> to season five where they still have issues, but the issues have progressed. And I wouldn't even say their issues necessarily relate back to Jack. I think their issues have stemmed from other things that were within their past and their childhood, etc. And perhaps the only time that they refer to Jack or the only person that is probably feeling it the most is maybe Kevin as he's embarking on this new journey of fatherhood and just wants to replicate the, the or fill the shoes that his dad has left behind. And I think they all go through, like, different moments of Jack being, like, the key thing and, like, or their key, like, motivator. And what you said about it being Kevin now and it being Kate when she's, like, watching. I, I mean, to be honest, I I haven't lost a parent and, like, God willing, I don't have to think about that for some time. But I think that 
that's why I could never would never like speak about whether like you know you watching the game of your dad's ashes is like doing too much I think people deal with grief in like that's different true. ways but I think that they definitely do all have their like different seasons and I think the thing about Jack is that there was literally so much of their his life that they didn't know that they're finding out so I get what you're saying about like moving forward but I think that they are as Jesse said kind of moving forward through going back because like his time in Vietnam which we see through Nikki or his like addiction like his alcohol which only really Rebecca like dealt with but then it like unleashes again releases against unleashes again apologies English is not my strong point but like (laughs) through Kevin so I think yeah the thing about this is us it's just so cyclical that it's not a kind of like the past present and future it's like we are this is us like this is what I'm saying we are we are all here like genuinely I actually hear that I actually hear that and hearing you guys talk about it that really does make so much more sense I think just there's a part of me that does get the feelings of Beth basically the people who aren't directly in the Pearson family I think it's just sometimes interesting to see how much they get stuck in their bubble that maybe the additions to their family are a bit of an add-on or a hang-off of that if that makes sense so I just think it's interesting seeing their relationships between the Pearson family and those who have joined as opposed to the nuclear Pearson family sometimes that feels like two separate things um but I do have a question guys and I feel like it's sparked debate in conversations I've had in the past but who do you think is the most problematic Pearson (sighs) Gosh, <laughs> that is a serious question. Uh, so I'm just going to go with what first came to my mind and I have to say, it's Randall. Whoa, okay. it's a big one. Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, where, where do we start Where from? do we begin? Uh, like literally, where do we begin? I think um, he, he was very stuck in his story for a very, very long time like one of my favorite scenes in this is us is the therapy scene where like well yeah so it's like you see the whole family and kevin's going through his like addiction and first they start and everyone's being really supportive and then randall's just like no 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 this is ridiculous like you nearly you nearly killed my daughter you're not an addict and like he's like do you want to compare baggages and like while i think that each of them have their own problems kevin has tons Kate, like, uh, like, like Patricia. Kate is my least favorite character. Like, Agreed. I'm least invested in her. But Agreed. I'll have to say, Randall's the most problematic. So there's that as well. Secondly, he is quite selfish. Like, I think he sometimes, in terms of like, I, I get it. Like, do you get what I mean? I get. I, of course, you want to find your your birth father, but Kevin has a point in the sense that you just, what you had, you didn't even think about the effects this would have, like, on your family kind of thing. I think he's very like kind of impulsive which I am as well so I kind of see like you kind of just do things and then think about the effects afterwards but I think that is probably like his greatest flaw it is kind of like the Randall show a little bit and sorry last 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 point (laughs) when Kevin and uh, Randall have that fight at the end of like season four and they exchange words like even though what Kevin said is like terrible I still didn't leave that being like team do you know what I mean I think if it wasn't for like BLM they wouldn't have gone the way they did with, with season five and the way that, like, it's kind of around Randall, you know, he gets a, a black therapist and he, they kind of go down his childhood and how, like, the effects being black had on it, which is a really important story, but I generally don't think if it wasn't for BLM, we would have gone down that route because I don't think that Randall left season four being the hero. I gen- generally don't. Oh, and he I did think, it, he did it. Yeah. He left he in it. a very messy, messy yeah. tone. I hear it. Wow. I think one thing to add to that, I feel like the whole situation with their mum as well was a bit of a a weird one because I couldn't really understand why Randall was being so headstrong. And I think he always, I think he always wants to be the one that is right. And I think sometimes he has this kind of, what's the phrase that I'm looking for? People that kind of sit on their high horse, they think they have the moral high ground all the time. That's the vibe that I get from Randall. And I just felt like the way he was talking to Kevin about their mum over a really sensitive issue and something that would have a big impact on their family was just a little bit muggy. Why can't you at least hear Kevin's side of things? I think he was just trying to impose what he wanted on their mum a lot of the time. I agree with what you're both saying, but I also think we need to give Randall a little bit of grace. Yes, I, I completely agree he was acting muggy, but I also just think Randall has had the burden of firstborn syndrome. Like, even though he's not the firstborn child, quote unquote, 
he's always been the one who's looked after everybody else. And now it's like one of those things that he's just having to, he's having to let go and trust that everyone else is coming to their own. Because who knows, but Kevin Kevin like can that decide that he wants- though. I wouldn't say it's self-imposed. It's like Kate went through her spiral of not getting a job, of doing this, of like her weight being her biggest issue. Kevin will become an addict one day doing this. The only person that's been there consistently from the get-go is Randall. I think it's a very realistic um, situation of adult sibling dynamics, especially when things start to happen with people's parents as they get older. Are you guys both the firstborn? I'm the firstborn. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the middle. middle child. Of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do hear that from your perspective, I do. Okay, but Patricia, who do you think is the most problematic person? The first person that came to mind for me was Kevin. Um, <gasps> and Kevin isn't my least favourite person. I think people hate Kevin a lot. That's the vibe that I get from a Why? few people. I don't understand. And I, don't, I generally don't hate him, but I do think he does have very problematic issues. And I don't even think that I can line up my reasoning as well as if I did for Randall. For me, the biggest thing is just him and Randall's relationship growing up as kids. I think he had this complex of kind of being like overlooked by Randall. And I get that, you know, as the two boys in the group, Randall being adopted and also being black, maybe that that means you might get less attention. But I just also feel like Randall had such a unique position in the family that his relationship with Jack was always inevitably going to be different. I just think all the things that kind of manifested from that point throughout his life just came out in the ugliest way sometime for him. And that's why I think that he's the most problematic because I just think that kind of fucked up a lot of his relationships. And I also think it makes him really passive. Like I'm watching season five and one of his ex-girlfriends was kind of like, you kind of just go with the flow. Like if someone says, oh, they want sushi, you'd be like, oh yeah, suddenly I want sushi. And she there's was no such like, a prick assertion. for that. Was that, was, so that, was, that, that was a bit really of a prick. Horrible. She was really, I can't, she was like, so I can't really that. Why would you say that to someone? <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I just think he's a really troubled guy and I think he's just figuring out how troubled he is very late in his life with his career, with his alcohol addiction with his relationship with his dad, with Randall. I just think there's so many clouded things going on in his life that reared its head so ugly in an, in the ugliest way. He's kind of having to backtrack and kind of like piece that all together. Out of all of them, he's less sure of who he is. Kevin has middle child syndrome. He's been overlooked in his life. And as much as like, I feel everyone is saying like, yeah, but you should know that your your parents weren't treating Randall differently. They were, as a child, you're not gonna know that. They were, you're yeah. gonna live your whole life assuming that like your siblings are loved and cared for more. Like Kate had her name, like her Katie girl, like that name. Randall was the little <laughs> black kid. Like he had a thing and Kevin was just Kevin. And it's one yeah. of those things that cause he appeared like he was all right on the outside. No one knew how much was broken within him. His heart and his intentions. It's always in the right place. So I yes. I think yes. he has genuine intentions. And that's what I really like about him. I think he is just really sweet and I don't think anyone can really take that away from him. I don't get why he gets the slander that he gets. Bro, he I gets don't, slander. I don't get it either. Like, I think someone told me they, they thought it was like, oh, like, oh, Kevin's definitely racist, and I was like, what are you talking about? And I think it's so easy to just, you know, take a blonde white guy, and, and I don't want to fight the fight for white men. Like, trust me, that's what I'm trying to do at all ever. But I think it's so easy to like just take that dynamic because we see it so often and just be like point blank that but it's it's not they're at back all. writing it like you said in season five i think they're kind of i think like you said with black lives matter and stuff mm. i think now they're going back to really yeah. make that such a big part of their narrative as well and obviously you can't ignore the fact that randall was the only black guy yeah. in the family but i think they are kind of doing more to make that a part Bring of his character as well but um, it's needed though they should have probably addressed it earlier on but right. obviously mm, they right. addressed it exactly. now do you know the part that made me laugh was when um, Kevin called Randall Carlton when they were younger. <laughs> he was doing so much, man. When I tell you that episode, I was at the edge of my seat. I was like, this guy just shouldn't <laughs> rap one song and just say the wrong word. I was like, I, I literally, my heart was out <laughs> of its socket. I couldn't, I could not. My problematic person is Kate. I think she's gotten better. Maybe season five, she's not as bad, but season one to four, the girl was a wrecking bulldozer, causing trouble in everybody's <laughs> lives. Wrecking bulldozer, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm telling you this in regards to the fact that Kate killed her dad, 
Kate caused all the problems in life. Kate, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. This is sounding so personal, but Kate, I just feel like you've blamed your mom, you've blamed your dad, you've blamed everyone else for all your problems in your life that you've caused upon yourself. And I was just so upset because I felt like she was constantly being mad to her husband, Toby. And like, he was such a good guy. Obviously we were seeing season five that Toby's starting to, his cracks are starting to show a little bit. But with Kate, like, I just think that she went through, maybe it was, okay, the statement that she killed her dad was a big ass statement, I can't even lie. However, I do, I do, you can understand where it stemmed from, why I've said that. But I would just say that Kate has blamed everyone else for her problems. And I think my the issue I've had is just how badly she's treated her mother over the past how many years when her mother has done nothing but try to love her. And maybe it was an inferiority complex or just slight jealousy, but... I was just like, you can't be doing that to people, man. Like, I hate that. I really do. I mean, it's tough, though. Like, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And I think one bit that I just... The, the, the death of Jack and how it happened is so annoying. And, like, it's very frustrating to me. Like, they, they were out. <laughs> they were really out. <laughs> but I think when you look at her siblings, that's the thing. Like, one had a football career taken away from him and then got a... Like, two things that don't happen to regular people and then got a, a spectacular acting career. The other is just, like, a superstar in everything, has a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. And I just think... And the fact that it... Like, it's literally been like that consistently from the time when they were young. And I think the breakdown of Kate, when she's just a cute little... Like, she's just a cute kid. She doesn't, she's just free. She doesn't care about, like, how she looks and all of that. But, of course, naturally it's going to begin to take its toll on you. And I get that Rebecca tried to, like, love her, but you can't let someone love you when you don't love yourself. And I think it's been really difficult for her. I don't know she killed her dad, though. Sorry. All right. It was a statement, it was a statement of lie. passion. It was a statement of passion. We know that in, in the reality of life, it happened, if it happened in real life, I'd be like, look, you didn't kill your dad. Please don't hold this against you in your life. But because this is fictional, I will say it with passion in my chest. The fact that she just lets the dog go <laughs> afterwards... It's really for nothing then, really. Really, he actually died for no reason. Miguel, how, how does that sit with you? For everyone who doesn't know, Miguel was Jack's best friend and when Jack died, he married Rebecca, which was Jack's wife. I just found it, I still find it very uncomfortable. How does it it's sit with you guys? Right. I don't know, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. I don't know if it's because I've seen it kind of happen in like real life. Um, like quite close to me but I just feel like um I don't see who else Rebecca could have been with it, Jack was just so particular that no one would be able to replace him apart from someone close to him Miguel also knows that he would never replace Jack and knows that Jack will always be Rebecca's like first and like most powerful love but it's more like he's gone and I, I think it's sort of just him looking after her and then I think it just naturally would have happened like I don't think it's seedy but I think that's why it makes me feel uncomfortable because I can't be like, I don't like this or yes, I do like this. I think I think for all the reasons you said, Ife, is why it makes me feel uncomfortable because it's like, I can't really imagine Rebecca with anyone else unless she was with no one. It's just weird because I just know that Miguel's not a bad guy, but it's just like, yes, you married you married your dead best friend's wife and that that objectively is, is crazy it's a crazy thing to say it doesn't make me mad so then I just sit with that discomfort because I'm just like I understand that you guys just got close like after losing a person that you both really loved I think I need to see more of their backstory and how it happened and the story of mm. what caused it to come together just even seeing where Miguel's real kids are and his journey with that because like Miguel, Beth and Toby, as Patricia has mentioned, have all been sidelined from the story. And I think when you feel, when you find out about their real lives, you'll probably sympathise and empathise with them more. Do we feel like we've got everything out from This Is Us? Like, I feel like there's, there's so just so much. much to talk about in this show. Like we could be going on for hours. So we should probably move on to the, the next part of the podcast um, where Desi and I have come up with alternative versions for a scene from This Is Us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, so it's time to hear some alternative plot lines. Are you Team Adesi or Team Patricia? Let us know by sharing the podcast and adding us at the TWB pod. We've decided that Beth and Randall are probably, they are the most interesting characters of the show, the side characters. So we just wanted to focus on them a bit. But we've decided what would happen if Beth did make it as a dancer. So in my storyline, we find out a bit about Beth's backstory as to um, her what's pushed her to continue pursuing dancing. And we see how that affects her relationship with Randall and if that even causes a relationship with Randall to take place. One, two, three, one, two, three. A young Beth practices her ballet positions in the mirror. Her dad stands behind and starts to call out random numbers to catch her out. She laughs, <laughs> recognising that it's her cue to go to bed. The next day, he catches her violently ripping up her point shoes to pieces. She cries as she pinches the fat on her body. Her dad intervenes, placing his hands on her cheeks and says, Your best is my best. We cut to Beth at her father's funeral, teary-eyed as the casket sinks into the ground. She whispers, I'll always give you my best. Beth decides to defer college in pursuit of a dance career. She meets Randall at a restaurant she's waitressing at and he's smitten by her beauty. He returns daily to order the same thing, Alicia Keys style, and nervously asks her a series of handwritten questions. She has no time for a relationship, but he supports her anyway. Beth's hard work pays off as she gets cast as lead dancer at the Swan Lake recital. <gasps> if this goes well, she could be recruited by the Royal Ballet Company. However, not everyone is happy about the news. And two days before her recital, her teacher replaces her with a richer, lighter girl. On the day of the recital, she takes a risk, knowing that this could be her last chance. She puts on the lead dancer outfit and struts boldly on stage and dances her heart out. She gets a standing ovation, but is disqualified from the ballet. That evening, she sighs as she smokes weed off the porch. She should be depressed, but she smiles knowing that her dad is proud. Randall comes and finds her and tries to act cool. He takes a puff of weed but ends up coughing violently. The pair laugh. She finally sees him for who he is and they kiss. Beth gets a call from a dance company in London and they want to fly her out tomorrow. Her time with Randall is cut short as she leaves him behind. Six years later, Randall and Beth are at a mutual friend's wedding and Randall is about to propose to his long-term girlfriend. He gets down on one knee and starts his typical heartfelt speech. But halfway through, he looks up and spots Beth in a crowd and freezes midway. The room falls silent. Wow, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That was really beautiful. So am I like, I shouldn't say anything. No, you can speak. That was just so funny. It was just your response. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so my scene is also kind of starting with young Beth. Um, But she does go to college as per her mum's instruction. But we kind of just see her take her life into her own hands and just watch her career flourish and how her relationship with Randall develops. Struggling with the death of her father, Beth heads to college. One night, as she dances in the gym to calm herself, she has an epiphany. She's going to set up a dance club. She wants the group to perform at the end of year showcase, but sign-ups are low. When the event comes around, they're terrible, unrehearsed and nervous. Unwilling to embarrass herself, Beth freestyles the performance alone. She opens her eyes to applause, 
and spots her old dance tutor in the crowd. He offers her a career in dance, but she needs to drop out to take it. She knows it will break her mother's heart, but she does it anyway, which drives a wedge between them. When Beth is due to leave, she and Randall share their last kiss. He wishes her the best, but he's heartbroken. Beth flies high with a star-studded career in dance, traveling around the world to perform. She loves, she dates, but never settles down, too focused on her career. Randall marries, has kids, but always supporting Beth from afar. One evening, as Beth is on stage in France, she performs an ambitious move. The headlines have been calling her too old and she's desperate to prove them wrong. But as she lands, she shatters the bones in her right leg. At the same time, across the globe, her mother takes her last breath after suffering from a heart attack. Beth enters the lowest point in her life, mourning her career and her mum, regretting their distance. Her funeral comes and goes with Beth unable to attend and she finds solace, then dependency, in her painkillers. Randall visits her in France and brings a scrapbook of newspaper clippings her mother kept so that Beth can have the chance to say goodbye knowing how proud her mum was. She's moved and Randall offers to stay for a bit to nurse her back to health. They rekindle their friendship and Randall admits that he and his wife are getting divorced and how Beth's been an inspiration to his autistic daughter who loves to dance. She suggests they open a dance school and scholarship in her mother's name. She makes an effort to ditch her painkillers now that she has something to live for. She returns to America to meet Randall and they build their project from the ground up, making a name for themselves. They eventually become closer, falling in love all over again, growing old together. Very different approaches, but Patricia came to just scatter the whole place. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually true. Patricia, obviously, um, Patricia chose to focus on Beth's mother and Odessi, Beth's father. I'd like to ask why and also why the other parent wasn't really present. I mean, um, Patricia, you all started from the funeral, but yeah, why you chose to go about it like that? Oh, do you know what? I think just from the show, her dad always kind of felt like a driving force in her life. But I think it's just the fact that like, once he died that was kind of the fire that kept her going do you know what I mean and so I just wanted to keep him like as that legacy and kind of just focus more on her relationship with her mum their relationship was really complicated and I just found that really interesting but Odessi likes a good backstory that sounded loaded (laughs) no I love do you know what I feel like we've come to know each other's the way we tell stories is so well now it's so funny because I do I do love a good back I love giving context as to why people are the way they are the reason I focused on her dad was just because I think Beth I wouldn't say she gave up too easily but she let the dream go and I wanted to see her really go for it and use her dad's um support for her to push her forward and obviously I know that her mom would probably be against it but it's one of those things that she'd get over in due time and I think that I wanted to show that Beth really wanted to make her dad proud and do what it would take to make him smile. Patricia not only did you give us fracture break you also gave us <laughs> The death of a mother. You also gave us addiction. I felt like we saw a merging of like Kevin's story and like (laughs) Beth. So yeah, what I guess I just get want to get a bit more insight into that. I want to first say I wouldn't use the word addiction. I guess it is addiction, but I want to go with the word dependency because I feel like it's not addiction in the sense that kind of her life is falling apart around these pills. It's more kind of like a functioning dependency on these things. Isn't that what addiction is? Small small sorry. I, I mean, it, umbrella, but I'm going to go with dependency. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> but I was debating about whether to put that in. And I just think, to be honest, I was worried with my scene that it was just going to be really flat without any sort of like tension. So I added it in, but it was like hesitantly added. With regards to everything else, I think I kind of just wanted to get the scope of Beth's life and kind of just portray that her life is also not as easy. Just like she kind of had this really glistening career, but just as quickly as that can take off tragedy can happen as well and that kind of culminating to this really difficult point for her and that was kind of the opportunity for Randall to come and be that salve for something that was really painful for her. Makes sense, makes sense. So Desi, you decided to leave us with a cliffhanger. Yes. Mm. Why was that? 
I just thought it's a bit of Jace. You always want to know what happens next, isn't it? <laughs> I literally, I put a cliffhanger there because it could be one of those things that uh, Beth, Randall sees Beth and decides to um, abandon his long-term girlfriend and pursue Beth. But I also know there's so much conflict in the type of man that Randall is and whether he's like, if I'm loyal, I'm going to be loyal. And I feel like there'll be so much um, tension to see of how that unfolds because we know that deep down Randall and Beth are made for each other she's the only person who fully understands and can hold the weight of this man's parents shadow over them as um, I'm really split um, in terms of how I feel Patricia about about Randall getting married um, first and having kids and I'm like really trying to interrogate myself as to like why I'm split about that because they don't have to like you know, have kids together to cement their love. You know what I mean? That's not what cements their love. But also, I just love their family. So I'm a bit like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I have to be honest. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Do you know what? Yeah, I could, there was no way that I could write Randall out because I too love their family. I love their relationship. I guess I kind of just wanted to write a different family dynamic for them. Like, obviously, Randall coming into the relationship with his own kids. But despite that, them still knowing that they are made for each other and that they still belong to each other. But that's also a big part of the show. So it is a bit of a risk to take to rewrite a whole family. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I can see yours as a movie, whereas as you said, <laughs> I can see Odessi's more as like an episode within the show. So I'm, I'm a bit split. I'm a bit split. Do you guys have any questions to ask each other? My question is... Do you feel like Beth, her personality is to become someone that is dependent on pills? This is like an alternative scene, not to sound like dumb, but like this is like a completely different trajectory for her life. We only know Beth as we've seen her in the show, but I was really trying to imagine if she actually went about pursuing a dance career and was really successful in that, how how different she would be as a person, how different she would be as a character the different set of circumstances that might push her to make decisions that you just wouldn't see in the original show because we never got the opportunity to see her be a professional dancer. I was hesitant to kind of add the pill element to it because it was just like, oh, even me, like, I wouldn't want to see Beth do that. Like, it would break my heart to watch that unfold. But I was like, you know what can happen in the limelight. You can, you know what happens when you're in a star-studded career, the pressures of that the papers calling her too old to like pursue this career that she's so passionate about. Maybe she might find solace in pills, watching her career kind of slip away, having her mother pass away. It's not implausible. I think it's implausible thinking about the Beth that we know, but in that set of circumstances, that's not the most, most implausible thing to happen to her. Yeah, for both of you, sorry. Are you imagining that we are like we're where we are now and that this is obviously because this is us it's like it goes back it goes forward are you imagining this is just a time where we'd go back and this is what we'd see or are we landing in like a completely different place if that makes sense i wanted to land where we are now but there would be different backstories that we jump into so like for example i know that beth and randall are going to be together because that's just what i I'm passionate about I love to see but I feel like their story of how that happened there's so much that we've missed out between the young Randall and young Beth of how they came about whether there were highs and lows in their relationship whether they broke up or stayed together and I wanted to be able to show that and reflect that and even the fact that for six years they haven't seen each other the girl's been doing up dancer life as a professional and then she comes to see Randall and he's he's essentially about to propose doing his long ass speeches <laughs> I think it's just an interesting way to see the people that made the relationship that we see now and I feel like we haven't seen that yet I'm the opposite um I think This Is Us did a lot of backstory and a lot of like flashbacks and memories but they also started to integrate what happens in the future and I just think that was an interesting thing to balance because like you see all this kind of like heartbreak these relationships and you're so invested into what's happened it's like where where have you gone after this point and I was just like where where are Beth and Randall going to be after this point like they've had completely different lives but how are they going to come together and what is their future going to look like I think you have a hard job if you, you have know. a hard job I have a I have a 
difficult. We're both, we're both really fighting for our lives today. I <laughs> can't lie. The tone, right. Even the air feels different. It feels different. <laughs> I think I see exactly what Patricia was doing. And I, and I rate like how you're backing what you were doing. Like, I really, I hear it. I hear it. But I'm just like, how, how much do I want to hear it? Do you know what I mean? Like, do I, <laughs> yeah, do I really want to hear that? Let me, let me get up 10 seconds for you, Desi. Pick mine because I maintain the true essence of the show. We see what Beth happens, what happens in her life. We see the backstory of what causes her to keep going. We see Rounds and Beth really understand and perceive right. each other and the true that beauty of this is us. Ready? Your 10 seconds starts now. I think I really imagined what Beth's life would be like in this scene. And I still kept her and Randall together, but just reimagined their lives. But it was still beautiful and romantic. And it okay. would look to time the future. Your time Even is me. up. Thank I you, started. That was hard. It is hard. Okay, tell us your reasoning. Let's hear it. This is really hard. I mean, for me to have a reasoning, I would have had to make my decision. But let's just... <laughs> you, should be, you should be good at this. This oh, is like what right? you do on your yeah, podcast. Your yeah, you should be good at this. Do you know what? I'm just going back to how I felt. I am more invested like in Patricia's story, but I don't think it like fits into This Is Us. I think it really is an alternative storyline. You knew that as you were going into it and like your reasoning backed that up. Odessi, yours is very, I can see it in This Is Us. It's alternate in the sense that Beth pursues her dance career, but does it, does it change that much? You know, is it, is it really alternate? And then that's the thing, you did leave us on the cliffhanger, so we don't even know. <laughs> okay, do you know what? In terms of fairness, in terms of fairness, when I started speaking, I think I was gonna give it to Patricia. There is beauty in both though, but I think I'm just gonna have to give it to Patricia for because you, you backed oh it all the God. way through. You, you knew it was a risk and um, you, you backed it, so I'm just gonna do that. But um, yes, yeah, is it chaotic? Absolutely, but. <laughs> If I'm actually quite surprised though, because I'm surprised. Like, I was like, I took a risk on this scene and I was like, nah, she's not feeling it. She's telling me that's a little bit different, but we made it. Odessi, commiserations. <laughs> I haven't actually If you guys can see her say, face right now. I actually, I can't lie guys, this is hurting. If you're such a good judge though. Oh my oh, God. Thank you, stop, stop it. Yeah, just, just <laughs> practice. Thanks for having me. Like, honestly, I've had such a good time. We've loved having you on, Ife. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We've appreciated it. So that is it for today's episode. Let us know if you think Ife made the right decision. I personally think she did. Um, but remember to follow us at the TWB pod on Instagram and Twitter and to join in the conversation using the hashtag TWB pod. You can also leave a rating and review on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. Otherwise, you can follow me at double underscore PDVR. And you can follow me at Adi Adesi. And Ife at F-E dot O-J. And also you can find The Motion Podcast at... The Motion underscore on Instagram and The Motion Pod underscore on Twitter. Amazing. See you later, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did... Follow us at the TWB pod on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. What show should we talk about next? Drop us an email at thatwouldbangpod at gmail.com. Remember to join the TWB family by subscribing to the podcast. And don't forget to leave a review. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com